It is against the Mad CHSR 97.9 FM in Fredericton, chsrfm.ca. I am Drew. I am Fred. And I'm Ryan. And we are being joined by the one and only, and it's been a long time since it he's been with us. It has been a long time. It's so nice I'm gonna to have, have him back. So. I've got to work on the last name, see if I can pronounce <laughs> it correctly. It's been a while, but I believe we have on the line all the way from Toronto, Ontario, former WWE referee, the one and only Jimmy Corderas. Jimmy, how are you? I'm good, guys. How are you? I uh, just wanted to preference i guess because we all live in canada we don't have to add toronto ontario with that pause and then put canada at the end I guess. you know tony chimmel used to do it well because he he actually would just not say canada at all he would just say from toronto ontario and then probably superstar edge yeah, that's that's probably because Tony didn't like Canada very much, but that's okay. He's from Jersey, and uh, we all know about New Jersey, so we don't even have to go there. What even, first of all, what even is New Jersey? Can America's we, on armpit. What is it? Like, is well, it, are you part of New York, or what What are you? Like, I don't know. I don't know. New York doesn't want them. Uh, Pennsylvania doesn't want them. Even, <laughs> even Delaware doesn't want them. They're, they don't want them so bad, they've only got their own little tiny state. Yeah. So they just kind of. Uh, I, I heard somebody there say the armpit. Yeah, the, the armpit, armpit of America. They're one of them. Yeah. One of them. <laughs> What's the other one? Uh, I'm going to leave that up to the others to decide. Uh, <laughs> I have several <laughs> candidates in mind, but uh, I'll just leave it at that. I'm going to say Idaho. Other than potatoes, what's the draw? Uh, Tori yeah, Wilson. They do have, they do, potatoes. You know, six degrees of separation, French fries, potato chips. Uh, this is true. Yeah, you yeah. know what? I take it back. Idaho's He's just debunked that. For <laughs> it's a you. very serviceable yeah. state. Sorry. sorry. That's what I do. I convince people to change their minds. There you go. You, <laughs> should, you should be in politics. My God. You're very good. Uh, uh, no, because uh, I have this bad habit of being brutally honest, so that, that, that won't work. <laughs> yeah, you, you wouldn't last very long at all, would you? No, politics. no. Hey, man, maybe in your province uh, you might go far. It, it seems like it doesn't matter what you do in your past life. You can uh, you can make it pretty far. <laughs> yeah, and it, do, it, it doesn't matter in your past. It doesn't matter in the present or, or what you claim you're going to do that you know damn well you ain't going to do. <laughs> exactly. Uh, you, you know, you can just make stuff up. Hey, you can do things on tape. <laughs> that, w- that would work, too, apparently. Yeah. yeah, very good. All right, the preamble is complete. Yeah. Ryan, please take control of this interview. <laughs> Wow. So, Jimmy, you've uh, you've been keeping busy. You're still uh, one of the uh, hosts of Aftermath, I, I see. Yeah, still hanging in there. Uh, uh, I guess I'm considered the OG there since uh, now now uh, Anthony Corelli, the former Santino Morella's aboard, of course, yep. Nug, Nug Nargang, uh, who's been around for quite a few years now. And now uh, Carolyn Schmidt has joined the, the crew with Jackie moving on to the NHL Network. So... Um, yeah, uh, we still have fun with it. That, that's how we treat it. We treat it as fun. At least I'm treating it as fun. I know Nug is as well, and Sherilyn's enjoying it too. She's a little baptism by fire throwing her in there with us, but yeah. uh, <laughs> we enjoy it. You know, like we we enjoy wrestling and we enjoy talking about wrestling, and hopefully it translates to the viewers and they they can see that. So bring it coming back full circle real quick. You mentioned we were talking about New Jersey there a second ago. Arda mm-hmm. Ocal. He covers the New Jersey Devils. So there we go. He covers the New Jersey Devils for, was it the MSG Network now, I think? Yeah, he does stuff with the MSG Network, uh, yeah, ESPN uh, um, uh, podcast he does, I believe, too, as well. He's do, He's got a lot of, uh, what is it, 
Irons in the fire is that Irons, the yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah, like that. yeah. He's doing well. I, I get all mixed up because you know it's funny because my wife is from Quebec and then her family tries to throw some of those euphemisms out there, but it just <laughs> tumbled. They, they, you know, like the uh, uh, two in the hand gathers no moss, and I'm like, what? Did you what? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh my God, that's okay. These two guys are from Quebec too, so I feel you. I pain. don't even know what he's talking about, so I'm good. I'm sure, yeah. <laughs> Fred he gets it. <laughs> so, Jimmy, are you still doing the aftermath? Is it just after SmackDown on Tuesday nights, or are you doing it after Raw as well? Uh, well, so far it, it's now moved to before uh, SmackDown. It's at 7:30 p.m. Eastern Time on uh, Sportsnet 360. So we're kind of like the lead-in. Okay. Um, I'm still pushing for a. I'd love to do a post raw one like we used to do with Arda. Like, uh, yeah. Even if it was on, even if it was on just um, uh, Sportsnet Radio or mm-hmm. or even on web or whatever, you know. Like, um, but then again, you know, I get it. Sportsnet has a lot of properties. They have the NHL and now Major League Baseball coming back. There's basketball playoffs. Apparently, curling is really hot too. They do good ratings. So. Yeah, curling is over. It, yeah, it's, it's gotten uh, over. Well, with I guess I guess to me, curling is the Roman Reigns of sports because I, I'm not. <laughs> it. I don't know. It's pushed heavily, but no uh, one cares. Is that what you're saying? No, it's still over. But it's I just still I refuse over. to believe. I refuse to believe that it gets the ratings it does. <laughs> well, Fair enough. As soon as he segued right into Roman, let let, let us let me ask you a quick a quick question. Uh, where do you sort of sit stand on this whole supposed steroid uh, issue that's popped up? I'm one of those people that uh, you know you hear stuff and until otherwise proven, it's just an allegation, and you know you can weigh all the different uh, rumors out there. It's a guy who got popped. He's in prison. He's making claims and accusations so you can say well you know he's just trying to you know make a name for himself while in prison i don't know i don't know the circumstances uh innocent until proven guilty then exactly and 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 unfortunately especially with the advent of anti-social media uh it appears that if you are someone that is on your S list, if I will call it now, because we are on radio. Uh, <laughs> if you're someone who who you don't like, you're automatically you know convicted in the court of public opinion. This is but true. if some, but if it's somebody else who you tend to like, uh, you come up with uh, all kinds of uh, defenses for that person. For me, I'm one of those people who. Has, I don't make a comment until the facts are in. Until those facts are in, I don't know. You know. So I mean, it's probably safe to say that if, uh, say, it were I don't know Daniel Bryan, whose uh, name had been floated out there, then th- probably people would have a much different reaction. Uh, oh yeah, if it was him, uh, it would be oh no, you know I believe Daniel Bryan, but nobody believes Roman Reigns because there's that anti-Roman sentiment out there. So that's, that's, uh, again, yeah. uh, for now, you know he says. He has no idea even who this guy is or never heard of the, his company before. And it's basically he said, he said, you know what I mean? So Yeah. It does put the company in a bit of a precarious position, especially considering, you know, their biggest show of the year is coming up in two and a half weeks, three weeks. And the guy's in your main event. And, you know, there are these very public allegations being made against him. Even if they are false, it still kind of hurts his reputation in a way. 
uh, public, you know, it's bad PR is what I'm saying, going into your biggest show of the year. So that... I, I, I get that point, but at the same time, like, um, I, I, again, I look, it's the court of public opinion that, that sees it as a negative right now. I, obviously, with something like that hanging over the company, it is, it, it's an issue, but at the same time, uh, I feel like if there was something there, this guy, whoever supposedly has this this bombshell to, to drop mm. has been teasing this bombshell for how long now? Yeah, it's been a few weeks. When, when is he, he going to magically pull the trigger the day before WrestleMania and try to blow everything up? Is that his end game? I have no idea. And then, you know, if he does do something like that, how does the company defend itself in less than 24 hours? Or how does Roman defend himself in less than 24 hours? So is it like an intentional trying to uh, derail? Mm-hmm. Something I I don't know it just something just smells I would just say this something smells fishy about this whole thing to me it's a bit because, bizarre because to me in my if it was me and I was trying to get that information out there I would get that information out there yeah yeah you know I wouldn't like hum and ho and I try to tease it like some storyline angle yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what they're doing it seems like yeah this John <laughs> Bravo character is. Uh, and, and they threw out the name Luther Reigns as well, I guess. He's been implicated in this. And there's some other guy that they have yet to name that has supposedly spent $140,000 on their product or whatever. Um, wow. Yeah. So, so why all the secrecy all of a sudden? The one name they throw out there is Roman Reigns, mm-hmm. who is the uh, you know the, the diehard fans' uh, public enemy number one. Yep. Luther Reigns, who is, hasn't been heard from in, like, since before I left, <laughs> yeah, like 2005 or something. Yeah, it's it's been yeah, a while. Exactly. So I don't know. So sticking with Roman then for for a second, do you like the way they're trying to build up this program? Because I mean, let's face it, Vince is going to throw Roman at us until we've basically had enough and probably succumbed to Vince's will and say, okay, we all love him. <laughs> That's a Jedi mind trick yeah. that Vince pulls on people. Yeah. Do you like what they're doing this time going ahead into heading into Mania? I, I do because it's starting to sway some of those people with that Jedi mind trick. I mean, <laughs> uh, what, the, what they've done now, they portrayed uh, Brock Lesnar as the guy who doesn't have a passion for this business and is there for the money and, and taking advantage of a lucrative contract and limited dates and yada, yada, yada. And Roman Reigns, it, uh, uh, as a matter of fact, even though he's portrayed this way, he truly is a guy who lives and breathes the business. You know, he's got a passion for it. It's in his blood. It's yeah. what he wants to do. And, it, it, you know, and he works just as hard, if not harder than everybody else. He's he's now become a locker room leader. Um, it's it's funny because uh, I, I still don't totally understand the anti-Roman sentiment because pretty much everybody in the locker room sees uh, the same thing that Vince does in Roman Reigns, and they see him as the guy. But for some reason, the fans don't or either refuse to see it or don't want to see it because of some notion that Roman Reigns is the handpicked guy of the company. He's being forced down our throat. Uh, we wanted this. We wanted Daniel Bryan. We got him. We don't want Roman Reigns, but we're getting him anyways. I got I got news for all those guys who who think that he's being pushed. Uh, you know, the handpicked guy. Every top guy. Uh, Vince's hat on top has been his handpicked guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Steve Austin was was handpicked, and uh, yeah, people yeah, seem to like yeah. him pretty good. 
Yeah, I mean him, uh, Rock, uh, even Hogan. Hogan was Vince's handpicked guy. Plucked him out from AWA to make him his big star. Yeah. Uh, it, it, you know, it's uh, I don't know. I uh, to me it feels like that if they'd have done all these storylines and all these angles with anybody else other than Roman Reigns, um, they wouldn't have a problem with it. But for some reason, they have this anti-Roman sentiment and. It, it all stems back for him not being Daniel Bryan. Wouldn't it, wouldn't it make sense though to go the route that they did with with Steve? Well, let the Rock, for instance, is a perfect example. He came out as that baby face, and eventually the fans just turned on him, and it worked. You put him heel, and then he came back as hotter than ever. Um, no, I see. I, I understand that point as well, but it was a different time back then. Uh, people weren't as. Um, let me put it this way. They weren't clamoring for The Rock to turn heel back then. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was like, oh, my God, I can't stand this guy. He, <laughs> this, he's not working as a baby face. I hate this 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 uh, white uh, – I'm doing air quotes here. You can't see him because that was the old wrestling term, white meat baby yeah. face. Mm-hmm. You know, the Bob Backlund type, gosh, golly gee, I'm going to do my best. You know, they didn't like that, but they didn't say, oh, I want this guy to turn heel. Now they're running around screaming, oh, Roman Reigns is a horrible baby face. We want to. Tur- we'd rather see him turn heel. Right. Why? So you can cheer him? Yes. Yeah. yeah yes. It makes no sense. It, it, yeah, because that would be cool if he was a heel. No, heels aren't supposed to be cool. <laughs> heels are supposed to be booed. You know, it's it's this weird dynamic that uh, the fan has got a little bit of a taste of of what goes on in the in the uh, in the making of a superstar and what constitutes. Uh, heels and baby faces, but they're trying to rewrite exactly what heels and baby faces are. Uh, I, I got to ask you something as well, uh, Ed, because it's been, it's been a while since we've had you on, so I'd really like your opinion on this. What's your take with <clears throat> looking at Mania and a lot of these guys who are going to be on the card who are not full-timers anymore? Cena, Taker, uh, Brock in the past, Batista. Does Triple H's, you know, Kurt Angle is... You know, does this do you do you agree with what they're doing, or is it just because they don't have an established John Cena to take over? I, I, it, 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 it is what it is, especially now. I mean, if WrestleMania was a three or even four hour show, I would have m- more of an issue with it. But it, it is a very long show. It's going to be what, like six, seven hours this year, or something like. Six. If you include the pre-show and all that stuff, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of room to get all the guys on on the show. Um, Having those guys on are they're star attractions. They're they're big names, and and that's what you want. And WrestleMania um, is now presented. It's a, it's almost like WrestleMania is the event, and uh, the superstars are there just to enhance it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you so you you're basically bringing back all these legends who casual fans that may have tuned out of the product. Will might tune in back in to see, and maybe the the you know the whole idea is okay. We'll bring in uh, we're bringing back so and so. Hopefully, the old school fans who enjoyed him back in the day will tune in, but maybe they'll see an AJ Styles and get into him, or maybe they'll see an, a Shinsuke Nakamura and get into him, or Kevin Owens or whoever you know younger stars that they're that they're focusing on on a full time basis. Mm-hmm. So the whole idea is to try to get uh, those fans that maybe tune in occasionally to stay tuned in and get invested in the, the quote-unquote full-time guys. Yeah, uh, here's a, it's just a random question that popped in my mind to do with WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Um, 
What is your take personally on the quote unquote get everybody on the show match? <laughs> it's the you know, this year it's the last few years has been the battle royal. Years prior they've done like huge eight man ladder matches or whatever. What's your personal take on those types of matches? I, th- I think it does, it, in a sense, a little bit water water down the the matches a little bit. But at the same time, uh, you know, this the sentiment is there. You know what I mean? It, it, yeah. it is it is Vince who who does try to get everybody on the show as best he can. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And and sometimes you know to to the to the detriment of the card. I mean, like look at this year we've got. Uh, what looks like is going to be a triple threat for the U.S. title, and we've got a triple threat for the Intercontinental <laughs> Championship. Triple threat for the SmackDown tag titles, it looks like. Yeah, yeah it looks like. You know, so... Uh, two battle you know, royals. The two battle royals, uh, which the battle royals traditionally for a long time have been the match to get everybody on the show. Hey, but, yeah. But now you got a deep women's roster now, so now you have to add the second battle royal to get all the women on the show. It's uh, I get it, but at the same time, uh, it's almost like six, six of one, half a dozen of the other. It's it's a nice mm. sentiment, but you know what? Not everybody makes the Stanley Cup Finals. Yes. yes. Thank you. I was literally, that was my whole thing. Like, I always yeah. figured WrestleMania is like, you know, it's like an all-star game. You, it it yeah. is the best of the best that you put on that show. And mm-hmm. no slight to anybody who doesn't make it. Not everybody can. Not everybody will. But, right. yeah, it should be like the top eight, nine, ten matches, so your top 20, 25 guys and girls that you think uh, can put on the best show. But I do I do understand Vince's sentiment of wanting to get everybody on that show. So, for, for, yeah. 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 It's almost like a reward for their hard work all the years. And also the fact, like you said earlier, that they, they do rely heavily on, on guys like Kurt Angle and Triple H and Taker and stuff like that, that you know they do at least want to find a spot for these guys. Yeah. I get that, but Again, you look at the Stanley Cup, as I brought up earlier, you know, Stanley Cup winners get their name on the Stanley Cup. If you go back and you look at some of the names on that cup, and you go, he's got a ring? <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? So, True. Yeah. So I get it, you know. So from your time there in WWE, what's it like backstage right now as we're, we're heading on that road to WrestleMania? How, um, many, how many Red Bulls has Vince been having? <laughs> no, I, you know what? He... He, I think I think if you were to take a blood test, he'd be ninety percent adrenaline. <laughs> Vince is still still uh, you know in his early seventies and ten percent muscle milk. Work, the hardest working guy there. He, I I wonder if he ever sleeps, if at all. You know, between being uh, Vince McMahon, uh, the company guy, and then Vince McMahon, the family guy, and I know he loves his grandkids and spends as much time as he can with them, despite his busy schedule. So. Um, you know, he, you know, he's he's busy working on everything. You know, the the creative team is also busy working on everything, and and the guys themselves. It, it's funny because you know, from now it's still a couple of weeks away, but they're probably they're, they're thinking in their mind, okay, this is the match I got at Mania. Okay, what 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 can we do? What what can we? Uh, you know, they're already planning things out, trying to trying to be different, trying to be creative, and trying yeah. to do something that'll stand out at WrestleMania. They want to try and make their match the match to be, uh, that's the match of the night. Yeah. I mean, like I, it, that should be everybody's goal is to, to, you know, to be the match that stands out the most. Obviously sometimes, uh, that's not the, the role you're given on the show, but at the same time, you should, you should be the guy like in the famous words of Batista, follow that, 
Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> especially, I mean, it's especially applicable if you were uh, you think you should be in the main event and you're on fourth. So then you definitely want to come back and be able to say, follow that to everybody. Yeah, yeah, that, 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 that kind of gives you a little bit of a chip on your shoulder, too. But, it, you know, when you look at WrestleMania now, especially in the last few years, it, you can make an argument for like three or four different matches that could end up closing the show. I mean, yeah. like, look at this year. You can put Roman Brock last. You can put um, the, the tag match with uh, Hunter and Steph against uh, Ronda and uh, Kurt. Mm-hmm. You, you could even make an argument for Cena and Taker last. I mean, uh, you know, the two, really the two last icons left in in the company. Yep. Other than other than uh, you know Triple H, the two, you know, two arguably two guys that can go on. Uh, I know I know some fans out there wouldn't put Cena on the Mount Rushmore, but you got to give him credit for <laughs> longevity. Yeah. Just the you long, know for what yeah. he's done. Wh- uh, which one do you, what do you want to see as the main event? Personally, I, you know, somebody asked me that on Twitter, and I don't, you know, it, it, I, it doesn't really matter to me. But in a way, I do want to see Cena take her last because, to me, those are two guys that will, um, you know, have a match that will have great psychology, great storytelling. Um, um, I'm, I'm almost positive that Taker will redeem himself from from last year because you know obviously he was hampered with some problems he had hip surgery and stuff like that yeah um but uh he's a warrior and he's a proud guy and he's an old school proud guy and yeah knowing him he's going to want to come out and and really like i said redeem himself from last year and also we're in there with a guy like john cena who could uh who he could have a comfort level with yeah yeah but on a match like that, I think they'll be just fine, and I think it's it's going to be a lot more drama and storytelling than people would, you know. It'll surprise a lot of people, I think. The only thing that kind of worry, I don't want to say worries me, but it, it concerns you. Concerns you, per, yeah, perhaps is the, I mean, John Cena just hasn't looked that great since he's come back. I mean, I don't. It's wear and tear, or, or what it is that's kind of uh, holding him back a little bit physically, but he just hasn't looked that good. Um, so I'm wondering if if that'll, or if that's just something that'll melt away when he realizes, oh, it's WrestleMania, it's the Undertaker, I'm going to bring my A game. So I, I, that's probably what will happen too, because uh, you know I I still remember in the past. You look at Kurt Angle, for example, even Eddie Guerrero back in the day, guys who at times were hurting real bad, and like once they walked through that curtain and hit that stage, mm. it's like a, it, it's like a, a switch flips, you know, like. You know, Kurt Angle had the nickname Cyborg because he was, you know, he lo- he always looked like backstage he was in chronic pain, but once he walked out there, it was it's like a know, switch. Machine. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, there are a couple actual matches on Mania that I I personally am looking forward to, and both of them are on the blue brand. It's uh, obviously Styles and Nakamura. I think will I hope anyways could potentially be match of the night, but also the Oscar Charlotte one. I'm really intrigued to see that match. Yeah, it's going to be interesting because um, obviously Oscar style is very. Uh, Snug, yeah, for lack of a better term, and uh, Charlotte's not afraid to bring it either. So, um, you know, her being so athletic, and Charlotte has become, a, um, if not the most well-rounded female performer on the roster right now, uh, at least in the conversation for sure. Oscar, um, of course, you know, she's she's fantastic. Uh, you know, obviously, her her only 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 downfall right now is her ability to communicate. But mm-hmm. 
she's working on that and hopefully that'll come but uh, so far i like the fact that they don't have her talking much and and let the streak in her style entering style speak for itself so as an aside uh to do with charlotte um do you think charlotte's the crown jewel of the performance center in terms of what the performance center has produced so far because she was 100 percent a novice when she started there and that was only, well, what, three years ago, maybe? Three, four years ago? And now here she is. And you just mentioned she's probably the most well-rounded female talent on the roster. Do you think she's, like, the gold standard for that performance center? Wow, that's a good question because I, I, I never thought of, uh, you know, like, who would, who would you, be, you know, uh, put in that spot? Uh, you could, yep. Uh, obviously, she would be, like I said before in the conversation, Charlotte definitely has to be in that conversation when you talk about Crown Jewel coming out of the Performance Center. Um, you know, she she's uh, the homegrown talent. Uh, the other one, the, there'll be other ones too mm-hmm. to come along. I see, I see a couple in the works right now that I think uh, have the potential to be, uh, you know, uh, as they say, print money. Mm. But, uh, <laughs> but right now, so far, yeah, that's a good that's a good argument you can make. Uh, as Charlotte being the the crown jewel coming out of the performance center so far, maybe Roman Reigns, but uh... yeah, but he's he's got a pedigree. Well, I guess Charlotte Charlotte does too. <laughs> but Roman did have, have some training before he got to the performance center. True. Yeah. Yeah. So Charlotte Charlotte came in as a volleyball player and a cheerleader. Yeah, she had no oh. wrestling background at all, and she came other, in other and, than the DNA. Other than the gen- well, she's genetically superior, as is her catchphrase. So there you go, and that's legitimate. She's <laughs> an unbelievable athlete, and uh, she, it really is impressive how good she's gotten. Uh, mm-hmm. Everything about it, like she's picked up everything. The 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 presence, like she just feels like a star. She walks like a star. She acts like a star. She talks like a star. She talks like her dad. She's got the. Yeah. She got that from her father for yeah. sure. Yeah, no. It's... Yep. And 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 that's what it is. If if you come off. Uh, authentic and look like you believe what you're doing, then the, the audience will, will believe it too. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like walking that fine line and and making people have that suspension of disbelief. Yeah, yeah. you know, like it, back at, it, like I brought up the earlier days when when fans were less uh, less inclined to be as 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 snarky as they are now, mm-hmm. and and sometimes I feel like they seem a little entitled and maybe that's just the old man in me. The, the <laughs> I'm turning into the old Clint Eastwood, get off my lawn. Yeah. I was just going to say, you're the get off my lawn guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but at the same time, I think there is a little bit of merit to the fact that, uh, you know, sometimes you don't always get what you want. You know what I mean? That's, that's, just, the, way, hey, that's the way the world Mick works. J- Mick Jagger know? said it. Yeah. You don't always yeah. get what you want. Um, you get a song. Yeah. What's that? <laughs> That'd be a pretty good song. It would be. Someone should write it. <laughs> yeah, I think they should. <laughs> if they ever get sober enough to do it, I'd be the first one to listen. Ah, there you go, <laughs> Jimmy. There's one. Uh, we we've had a you know we've been doing this show for a while now, and and one thing that I've learned with this is never to say say never say never. Uh, and I, I just got to get your thoughts on the Hall of Fame's coming up and Jeff Jarrett's induction. Hmm. Were you surprised by this one? Um, you know, to be honest with you. Uh, no, hmm. because I, I look in the past. I mean, you look at uh, Iron Sheik going in after being fired. I don't know a record forty-seven times. Whatever like <laughs> it was, you know, it, uh, they managed to mend fences with Bret Hart. Yeah. Then they managed to mend a, a huge fence with Bruno. 
Right. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. It was a huge friendship with Brett. It was a huge friendship to mend with Bruno, uh, Warrior. Yeah. You know uh, the late great Warrior, but uh, so you know anybody who comes back now, it it's like, all right, cool. You know, it's nice to see that. Uh, I don't know if um, Vince has softened on his stance as far as uh, you know what he felt to be past indiscretions against him and the company. Uh, but he seems to be a guy who, who tends to forgive and forget, you know what I mean, which is kind of cool. And I know that, especially in the Bruno situation, that Hunter had a lot to do with that, with brokering the uh, and getting those two back together. So, uh, yeah. uh, you know, Hunter, Hunter, is a, Hunter is a great businessman. And um, if that day ever comes where Vince decides the, to hang it up, which I doubt, <laughs> but, but, you know, he, he's, he's going to go kicking and screaming if he doesn't uh, sell his soul to the devil to live another hundred years um, and run this company. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it'll be in good hands with Hunter. I think so, yeah. He seems like he's a pretty damn good uh, build b- bridge builder, it seems. Yeah, because Hunter was one of the boys, and he, mm. and he, he, I don't know, maybe that makes a little bit of a difference. Different rapport, maybe. Like maybe he's an ability to sort of talk at their level, not not the intimidation factor, perhaps, or the preconceived notion that you might have with a Vince, who's, you know, Vince's quote unquote office, as everybody right. was inclined to say at one time. Hunter, right. like you said, one of the guys you could talk yeah. to. Him. And and to some extent, Vince sometimes would, you would get the he would you know you'd get that aura from him like, ooh, he's the boss, and and he always exuded that aura. But at the same time. Um, you know, Vince always tried to make people at ease, uh, but, you know, still had that presence about him where you, you knew he was the boss, whereas Hunter is, you know, a little more relaxed, a little more approachable, a little, little, uh, you know, like I said, more like one, more like one of the boys, even though Vince technically is the leader of the boys. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I mean, how much more of one of the boys could you be than, you know, sharding in Gerald Briscoe's face? Mm -hmm. (laughs) That happened. Vince did that. So well, uh, yeah, it kind of uh, emptied out Gorilla really quick. But anyways, yeah, I bet. <laughs> Vince. Uh, uh, so J- Jimmy, I got to ask you now with regards to Mania. Um, did it, you know when you were going down to the ring to work whatever match it was you were scheduled to work that first time through the curtain? Were you just going? I can't believe I'm doing this. Look where I'm at now. Uh, all the time. All, every, every WrestleMania, every year, every every WrestleMania I did was the same thing. The first one I did was uh, um, for Trump Plaza, <laughs> oh. and, which was a smaller venue, but yeah. it was like, I can't believe this. Then I turn around, and little did I know back then that uh, sitting front row, I'd be looking at the current president of the United States, and, <laughs> and yeah, it's kind of shocking now, but anyway. <laughs> yeah, I'd say. Uh, but, but it's 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 incredible and then you you know you walk out to the ring and and there's like 70 or 80,000 people out there and you're going oh my goodness like it, it, this is incredible and you get nervous but it, it's a good nervous mm-hmm. it's an excited nervous and and you get um, goosebumps like literally get goosebumps and then you're standing in the ring and then the undertaker's music hits and <laughs> the flames you're standing 75 80 yards away from the from the ramp or, or the the stage and his pyro goes off, and the flames are shooting up, and you could feel the heat down there. That's how that's that's how warm it was, and you're going, man, this is cool. And then all of a sudden, reality kicks in, and you go, okay, I got a job to do. Crap, you got to go to work. I, yeah, I, I got to <laughs> yeah. stop enjoying this. 
what was your favorite match you worked? You ever you worked in your entire career for, for Mania? Um, had to be probably that one, uh, Edge and Undertaker, WrestleMania 24. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was last match. It was main event. It was part of the streak. You know, having someone like uh, um, Edge in there with, uh, you know, who is a, f- a good friend and, uh, you know, the Undertaker who, um, I- I'm an Undertaker guy. I've always been like almost since day one since he debuted. So, uh, yeah, you know, the most respected guy ever in the, in the locker room and so forth. So, uh, and to actually be requested to, for that match, it just, uh, it just added an extra, um, a little bit of pressure on me. Yeah. And at the same time, knowing that I'm going to get the big boot in the head from the undertaker. I was, kind of cool. I was just going to say, you, you took a hell of a boot to the face. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, it's like, I, I wear it like a badge of honor. Like, you know, people go, you got kicked in the face by the undertaker. I said, yeah, man, I got kicked in the face by the undertaker. <laughs> That's pretty so swell. Cool. And they're like, did it hurt? I said, I don't know. <laughs> the adrenaline was running so so high. I don't know. I just like, I, I it hit me and I just said, I better go down. You bumped like a, an SOB for that spot though. I'll give you that. That was, I, I didn't want to look at, here's the thing. I didn't want to look at the boot coming because you know, natural reaction is, especially for someone like me who doesn't take a boot very often, <laughs> um, you know, is to flinch and to move and to, to try to avoid it. So I figured I'm just going to look east and he's going to come from the north and sure. whatever happens, happens. Yeah. And there was that big size 15 or 16 right there. And it was Jeez, cool. That is cool. You must have felt quite a bit of relief after that spot happened. And it was pretty much. Blue. Oh, yeah. But I, I, well, here's the best part. I'm lying on the apron and I'm facing the crowd and I'm. Trying not to to overtly stare at them, <laughs> you know. But but I'm looking out at the crowd, and and you know, I, I don't know what's going on behind me, but I could kind of see them reacting to all kinds of stuff. And then then uh, you know, Edge comes over to kind of see if he can grab me and touches my back, and I roll off the apron to the floor, and I just I could hear the front row laughing, which was kind of funny. But, <laughs> but yeah, it was it. You know, that was a very cool moment for me you didn't see charles robinson gun it down to the ring no i had to watch it on replay and i was oh. like oh it was it was fantastic i was like uh, after i saw it the next day in catering i was like oh man that was so cool it, it, it was funny real quick story here because um you know pulling back the curtain a little bit we we were discussing who would be the guy to run down to to do that spot after i got kicked in the head <laughs> You know, yes. we all looked at each other and just everybody almost at the same time said, Charles, there's nobody else. Nobody else, nobody else would make it. You know, half, the guys, <laughs> half the guys would stop halfway, take a deep breath, and have to start again, you know. And so we, yeah, Charles, Charles uh, you, you know, he was a guy who used to run two miles a day and stuff like that. So Jeez. Oh he was God. the only choice. <laughs> it's, hey, he that was a hell of a performance. That uh that that run down the aisle. I remember seeing that live as it happened and I was like, "My god, this guy." And he, the slide in the ring was amazing. People people remember the run, but they forget the the head first dive into the ring, yes. sliding right into position for the count. Uh, my favorite video that I've ever seen of it is him running down the down the ramp in slow motion to the music from Chariots of Fire. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was uh, awesome. Yes, that was pretty great. I remember, um, I think it was, I heard Kurt Hawkins, because, yeah, he and uh, and Zack Ryder did a run-in or something in that match. Yeah. And uh, they were saying, I think it was, like, at the day or two days before, uh, they were doing the run-through, and they made Charles Robinson do the run, like, three or four different times, 
all yeah. the way down the ramp, back up, do it again. <laughs> like, poor guy. No, but like I said, he was the only guy who could probably do it. You're saying Mike Kyoto couldn't pull that off? Never. <laughs> never. He'd stop halfway and have uh, he'd stop about halfway for a Newport, <laughs> and then uh, continue the rest of the way. Right. How far would Chimmel make it? Chimmel, Chimmel would get to the stage and throw up his hands and go back. Ah, <laughs> poor guy. Yeah, uh, I, I bug Chimmel. I rip Chimmel. He's he's my. If I was Mick Foley, he'd be my Arsenal. <laughs> yes, it's a good analogy. Uh, um, as a so as a wrestling fan, then do you have a favorite Mania match? Uh, yeah, like it's a, it's a one A and one B for me. But the first Undertaker Shawn Michaels match hmm. uh, would be one A, and then one B would be the next year where huh. Shawn retired because, um, for me, you know. Uh, it was the closest thing to a perfect pro wrestling match in terms of, you know, entertainment value and storytelling and psychology and and two guys being masters at, at telling stories in the ring. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was it, obviously to me there has never been a perfect match, but if there has been, this was in the WWE as close as it gets. And then the next year. Um, a lot to live up to because of the, you know, how good the the match the year before was, and I thought they were different enough in that one to, but also at the same time, just as good. Yeah, and it's so a... those those two. I mean, there's others. There's there's Brett Nolan from WrestleMania 10 that stands out in my mind. Uh, you know, obviously WrestleMania 3 was Savage and Steamboat, but that one lost a little bit of luster for me when I, you know, heard from Ricky that that whole match was laid out. Like, written out by savage so <laughs> yeah i remember steamboat saying one time that um you know as much as he loved the match because that's the match that most people remember him for um mm-hmm. he said that he had like at least two dozen better matches with rick flair where they said nothing beforehand and, and went out and just you know yeah. called it all in the ring the as they say yeah all they had was the finish and and you know some guys I think there's a there's a little bit too much of a tendency to to map out a match from start to finish nowadays, uh, uh, especially with the the uh, again the younger generation the the guys who haven't had the benefit. That, that's the thing though they haven't had the benefit like the uh, so-called old timers have of going through different territories and kind of learning on the fly. Yeah, you know what I mean. Now it's it's a little a little more structured and and I get that, but at the same time. Uh, sometimes it just looks too much like a dance and not enough like a, you know. A fight? Uh, Arn Anderson said yeah. it best one time. He said, you know, sometimes if everything looks too pretty, then it looks too too uh, too choreographed. Sometimes uh, a little hiccup here and there makes it look more real. True. I mean, yeah, if you watch a boxing fight or if you watch an MMA fight, it's certainly not pretty. You know, <laughs> it doesn't look like a dance. It looks like it's two guys trying to beat the hell out of each other. Yeah, in boxing, you don't see two guys, okay, we'll trade punches now. Yeah, or try and hit each, yeah, you know, or duck at the same time, and then you know go for a, a Texas cloverleaf or something ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, well, it's funny you said that because one, one somebody asked me the other day. He says, "I'll tell you the truth, does the, the figure four really hurt?" I said, "Well, think about it. If you want to apply enough pressure, you can snap someone's knee or ankle." Mm-hmm. Is really? And uh, I almost thought about putting one on him, but I figured not. Nah. <laughs> 
It wouldn't, it wouldn't look good in front in a mall parking lot. So what the hell? In a mall parking lot. Yeah, you yeah, don't want to do this that. This is a guy. It was a, you know, I just random guy just asking questions. You know. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, was it Doug Ford? <laughs> uh, no, um, I don't think he. I, I don't think even Doug Ford knows what uh, anything from professional wrestling. But anyways. Wow. <laughs> Uh, let me ask you one quick question here to follow up about with the Undertaker. Uh, he if he re- he's going to wrestle Cena this year. Do you think that's it after that? Like he's basically wrestled all sort of the big names that we were hoping he would get a chance to. Yeah, um, obviously, as the ship has sailed with uh, a match between him and Sting, so yeah. that that's not going to happen. Uh, John Cena is the only big name left that he hasn't really wrestled at a WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't see why not. I think it's I think it's the perfect matchup. Like I said, if this is going to be his his swan song, um, and I, I you know a lot of people have been clamoring. They may maybe because of the hat, the glove, and the gloves and the coat that he left in the ring last year. That uh, maybe this signifies the return of the the badass <laughs> Undertaker on the I motorcycle, like huh? which I don't want to see because uh, to me. If, it, if this is the end of his career, it should come full circle. Yeah. So for me, the, the Undertaker I want to see is the one in the the original Undertaker with the gray gloves and the <laughs> spats and the, the ascot and kind yeah. of like bringing a full circle. Kind of like Hulk Hogan did. Hulk Hogan went uh, from uh, red and yellow to the NWO and then to end his career, he was back in the uh, yeah. uh, yellow and red. And that's yeah. kind of like what I want to see from Taker. He should come out in a hearse too. Why not? Yeah, and you know who should bring him out? Brother Love, since he was the original man. True. And obviously they have, uh, they're have they on decent terms with Mr. Pritchard because they brought him in for Raw 25 a little while back. So Exactly. And uh, who knows? You know, he I'm, I hear he's going to be in New Orleans that weekend. So, oh, Of course. He's everywhere. Yeah. That guy. He's getting himself over. I'll give him that. He's, he's... Yeah, I, I give him credit. He, he's a good storyteller. That's why. And uh, Oh, he is, for sure. Yeah. Um. Question for you: Do you think uh, Brock resigns, or is he going to UFC? Um, you know, it, it's funny because uh, it, it's going to be an interesting bidding war, but at the same time, it's going to be totally dependent on on what Brock wants. I mean, obviously, the schedule is going to be a little different in WWE than it is in, in UFC, but mm. the training in UFC is so much more intense mm-hmm. and. Uh, uh, let me put it this way: uh, in, in UFC, let's see, you, you make he can make in one fight more than what he can make in the WWE in a year. Mm-hmm. Um, so he has to take that into consideration, but he also has to take into consideration he's what forty years old now. Forty, going on forty-one. Yeah, which in MMA circles, unless you're a, 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 a someone like a Couture or a Fade, or you know, it's kind of. Maybe past your prime when it comes to to mixed martial arts. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think he's better suited for pro wrestling. Um, you know, because on the off chance that you do get hit in the face, you can always punch him back and say, "Slow down." <laughs> yep. Like he did. Like he did to Strowman. Yeah, it's like poor Braun. Oh my god! Yeah, I did feel I felt bad for Braun, but at the same time, it's it's a little bit of an education too. Yeah, yeah, you know that's true. I mean? I mean, you got to know you don't knee Brock Lesnar as hard as you can <laughs> in the gut, which he had surgery on a few years right. back uh, for diverticulitis, and not expect to get punched in the head. 
but 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 I don't know if it was as much the well placed knee is uh, it was they were coming the shots were coming rapid fire true yeah you know I, and and it just looked like the adrenaline got the best of Braun in that that situation and you know sometimes uh, Brock's not the first person to to slow someone down like that he might be and the most I mean, effective I doubt he'll be I doubt he'll be the last <laughs> yeah uh, thoughts on Ronda how's she gonna make out in the WWE uh, again if she could just um, uh, not be so hyper because uh, in, the, in her first like kind of interaction with Stephanie where she she kind of grabbed her and manhandled her a little bit kind of rushed it a little a little too much if you know what I mean trying mm-hmm. to, to uh, you know like when you grab someone's arm and you try to to get them to do something mm-hmm. uh, you, you have to give them time to to follow along so to speak and, right yeah but uh, she's used to making people follow along <laughs> yeah yeah so you, you know it's it's a transition and she has been training i know she gets it but again it's, when you're when you're fresh to something and you haven't been doing it a long time that uh, that adrenaline takes over and you sometimes want to go faster sometimes yeah. you know yeah Casey, you know but i think she's going to be fine she uh, so far on the mic she hasn't been too bad mm-hmm. but uh you know like you know i i keep waiting i've heard people say well maybe paul Heyman could be a mouthpiece for her and and if anyone is to be then he he would make sense because if there's anybody if she, if there's a problem with her getting over paul will get her over Oh, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. he would. Uh, so, Jimmy, listen, we're getting near the end of the show here. We, uh, I got one more question for you. Prognosticating, looking ahead your crystal ball from Monday Night Raw after Mania through till next year's WrestleMania, two guys who you think uh, will step up and uh, be the, the two guys, if you will. Uh, other than the obvious uh, push going to Roman? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Elias? Oh, Yep, uh, I expect big things from Elias because there's a there's a young gentleman who gets it. And oh man, if I had to pick one more guy, um, too soon for him. But uh, maybe not this year. Maybe after next year's WrestleMania. And he's really, really young. The Velveteen Dream. Maybe. I was thinking him too. <laughs> Actually, I, mean, I don't yeah. want to see him come up this year because I think you know. Give him another year in, in, in NXT to really hone. He's so young. He's like 22, 23 years old. Yeah. He's so young. And, he, and for a guy that young to have uh, that much poise and that much confidence in his character, uh, he could only get better. And he and I, and I another year of seasoning down there also will make him hungrier. Yeah. So that when he gets up, finally makes it up, and hopefully next year he does make it up, um, I, 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 again, I see this guy as money. Yeah, he definitely, he's got charisma. Like yeah, he Crazy does. amounts of charisma. Oh, yes. Uh, one last question for you, and then we will let you go. Uh, what is your take on the upheaval that is happening right now when it comes to the uh, fabulous Moolah Battle Royal? Every, every, there's a lot, of, uh, a lot of upheaval, as I mentioned, about naming the Battle Royal after fabulous Moolah for some of the things that she's done throughout her lifetime. Uh, where do you stand on this? Uh, again, it's one of those situations where you know, I, I'm sure you, you know, and I'm not, I'm not downplaying any of that past, whatever it, it happens to be. I was not a witness to it. I've only heard the allegations again, but um, 
not everybody is squeaky clean, and uh, sometimes some people, again, we live in an age where people look for things to be outraged about, offended over, uh, uh, pissed off about, um, and a lot of these people that are complaining about the, the fabulous moolah being named in the Battle Royal are also people who don't understand why a murderer is not in the Hall of Fame. You know, these, That's these very are guys, good. That's very true. That's a good point. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Uh, you know, you're, you're screaming over uh, uh, a, a president who is in the Hall of Fame, mm. you know, because you don't like him. Mm-hmm. Yet you're, you're, you're touting the exploits of someone who, who because of what he had done in his past, uh, outside of wrestling, you're excusing that and saying his career should speak for itself and he should be in the Hall of Fame. To me, you can't separate the two. Right. So, so you know, which is it? You can't have your cake and eat it too. If you're outraged over one thing, you have to be outraged over all things. And 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 uh, th- again, the fabulous Mula thing. It's it's for me. It's not a hill to die on. Anyways, uh, there's there's much more egregious stuff going on that that should be addressed instead of people al- always looking for something to be negative about. Exactly, yeah. or just want to be outraged about. Very good. Uh, Jimmy, thanks very much for joining us again. It was uh, great having you on, yeah. and uh, we got to make sure it's not as long between appearances <laughs> next time. Oh, absolutely. Uh, always great talking to you guys. It flew by, you know, the first period of the game is over. Yeah. Yeah, which, which I have on in the background. It's on mute. Don't worry. Oh, not. very good. Very good. Yeah, because, uh, you know, I, I, I don't want to get distracted too much. You know? True. <laughs> True. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, All right. Again, I can't help it. I'm a diehard Leaf fan. What can I say? I got you. You should see what I'm wearing right now. Yeah, you're forgiven. Yeah. So. Oh, good, good, good. He's yeah. a Habs fan. He's yeah. got nothing to cheer about. <laughs> no, so. I don't. All... Well, this year, but you know what? That's why I'm not saying anything because all those years we were getting truth. And, you know, yeah. hey, I don't. You know, I don't. I don't say anything right either. I don't right say anything there. either. That's but exactly, I will. Yeah. But I will support them when they're doing well and when they're doing awful. So. And hey, Jimmy, what you got to do? Enjoy WrestleMania, man. You guys too. It should be. Uh, you know what? It should be a really good show. Long, but yeah. good. Yeah, long but good. Yes. There's some things that can be said about that. I'll just leave it unsaid. <laughs> yep. Yeah. All right, Jimmy. You have a great one. All right, buddy. You too, guys. Thanks right. for having me on. Yep. Thanks a lot, man. That was Jimmy Corderas, former WWE referee, host of Aftermath yep. on the Sportsnet 360 Television Network, which you can see every Tuesday night, 7:30 Eastern Time on Sportsnet 360 before SmackDown. Yeah.